0: living room we're so excited to have you here with us and um i really do welcome you into our home it it feels so different now that we're able to engage through comments and be able to talk to each other and it just makes church feel more connected and more together Mm -hmm. and so our heart is with you and through this lockdown we really have been thinking so much about you and praying for you
1: yeah we've actually been talking a lot about the fact that everybody has a different um a different place of this in this lockdown you know some people are working some people are are not working um there's so many different things um and one thing that even came up in the this week's table talk and some of the chat in the women's um group that we had was just the fact that everybody wants to be in somebody else's shoes, yeah. right? Um, like, and so even what, whatever situation you're in, um, you know, man, there's other people out there in so many different situations. Um, but one thing that we have said about this um, lockdown is that it definitely inflates our flaws because <laughs> the four walls that we are stuck in, my heart actually very much goes out to parents right now who are homeschooling their kids, or who are, you know, stuck in four walls, and you're getting to know each other very (laughs) well right now. And the flaws and the communication errors and all of that just, you know, get revealed even that much more. Absolutely. Right? Like we I've personally learned several things that have been very educational for our family. The first thing that I've learned, is don't get in the way of Chad's slap shot if you're playing ball hockey in That's the driveway. Fair. Like big bruise on my leg. Like I, I had a shower this morning. I couldn't really believe how big it was. It was awesome. Um, sometimes when we play ball hockey, um, we end up in the hospital or like the- um,
0: this, this does not make me sound good. <laughs>
1: because you're such a good hockey player we
0: we use plastic (laughs) hockey balls and so in the cold they freeze so it doesn't matter how hard you shoot them
1: it's true but it's fun nonetheless right it is fun but there's flaws within even that the other thing that I have learned is that our kids really don't like to do chores
0: this is true like
1: at all like like and it just gets magnified because you're stuck in this house and you know, you're always around everything. And, you know, stuff piles up. And so when you say, okay, it's time to, to do some chores, our kids can come up with the best excuses not to have to do chores. Yes, like the best excuses. So like, we've noticed that when we want to clean the house, all of a sudden, this selective, incredible memory that they have just pops up. Yes. Like they couldn't remember that we asked them to do something before, but all of a sudden when we ask them to do like house cleaning, they're like, oh, but I can't do that. Cause you actually already asked me to do this, it's but true. it's a lesser of the evils of what we've already asked them to do. So maybe we ask them to do something harder, but they're like, wait a second, I can't do that. Or the excuses like, um, um, you know, maybe they're not good at making lists for school and stuff, but all of a sudden, sudden they become very good at making lists of who the other person is what the other person is doing and you're like i'm so much more hard done by by the other person
0: and if so many times they don't have a great memory they can't remember what we've asked them to do but they can remember that they've been asked to do more stuff than their sibling.
1: it's so true yeah and
0: they remember actually everything (laughs) that their sibling has done
1: yeah and
0: everything they've been asked to do which then it actually helps us to go Did you finish the list that you were supposed to do?
1: (laughs) Yep. So our question to you this morning is as we're talking about making excuses, today we're going to talk about how we can find a lot of excuses not to do things that we have to do in life. Um, So what are some of the excuses that you have made? um, Or what are some of the things that you try to make excuses for so that you don't have to do? Or maybe your kids have had some really great excuses. would you share with us so that we can hear? I know just there's a 10 second delay. So we're just waiting for your responses, but definitely one of them has been um, at bedtime. They are the world's best procrastinators. Like they should get like an eight plus 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 in school for procrastination of going to bed. So they, um, like, they remember all of a sudden, wait, you asked me to clean my room nice. and they become the slowest cleaners of rooms. It's, it's yeah. amazing
0: if we let them clean their rooms at bedtime, they would have the cleanest rooms ever because that's when they want to, or here's the other one. I find that the big one is uh, for excuses is I am shocked. I understand that sometimes when you run water, it makes people feel like they need to go to the washroom, but before the water even is run, all I have to do is tell my kids, Hey, can you guys load the dishwasher? And all of a sudden, they all have to use the washroom. I almost feel like if we're going to go on a lot long drive somewhere that instead of telling them to use the washroom, I'm just going to tell them to load the dishwasher and then they'll have to use the washroom. It's true. And that way we're ready for a long drive. <laughs> and so share with us in the comments, share with us some of the things that you guys have had excuses for, or some of your kids have made excuses for some, especially the funny ones. I realize that we're having um, a sink issue and I know Pastor Carlo is working on it. And so just bear with us and we're going to keep moving forward. And
1: um... mm, I love that. As soon as he ask the kids to do something, the injury from two months ago just comes back. It's like, oh, oh, remember that injury? In my leg, I can't do it. That's a good one. Thanks. I appreciate that.
0: Yes. Oh, they have to finish what they are doing. See, that goes mm-hmm. that goes back to ours as well, right? Where they're like, oh, you've already asked me to do this, so I'm busy. <laughs> and I'm amazed at how busy they are when we ask them to do something.
1: Very busy. Yeah.
0: And mm-hmm. so I'm shocked and in awe of how all of us are able to do this, mm-hmm. or all of us are able to make these excuses. The question or the nice thing about it is the fact that we are not alone. Yeah. The fact that in the Bible, in the scriptures, Moses is also full of excuses. Yeah. He is one that he um, has so many excuses. And so if you turn in your Bibles to Exodus 3, we're going to start working our way through the Bible and we're going to start seeing um, the story of Moses and what he's doing. And so before we get into Exodus 3, you turn to Exodus 3, but in Exodus 2, we're introduced to Moses. And Moses, what we realize is Moses is a baby boy and he's born in a time where the Egyptians are beginning to realize the Israelites are having a lot of kids. They're very much outnumbering us. And so what we have to do is we have to get them under control because Mm -hmm. what their thought pattern was, is if an um, enemy army decided to invade Egypt, would the Israelites side with Egypt or would they side with the enemies? And if they Mm -hmm. side with the enemies, they're in some serious trouble. Right. So, what they did was they gave an order that for every baby boy that was born, needed to be killed. Wow. They needed to kill every baby boy. And so, um, Moses' mom, when she has this beautiful baby boy, she hides him. And now, how she hid a baby, I don't know, because babies cry a lot. But she was able to hide this boy. And to a point where now he wasn't able to be hidden. And so what does she do? She hides him in a basket. She puts him in a, wick, a basket and she pushes him out into the water. Wow. This is not a parenting class, just so you're aware. Puts him in the <laughs> basket, <laughs> floats is. him out into the water. And as he goes, um, she puts him in a place where she knows he's going to be found. Mm-hmm. And he's found by Pharaoh's daughter. Mm-hmm. And Pharaoh's daughter opens up the basket, sees this baby, beautiful baby boy. And is like... I'm going to raise him for, as my own. Meanwhile, Moses's sister is watching where the basket goes. And as she watches, she runs up to the, um, the daughter of Pharaoh and goes, Hey, you, do you probably need a nanny? Mm-hmm. I can find you a nanny. And she's like, yeah, go get me a nanny. So she actually goes and gets her mom and her Moses's mom basically becomes his nanny. Wow. So she's able to raise her son And while he's raised, he's raised in Pharaoh's kingdom. So he is raised and educated as an Egyptian. So he understands the laws. He understands how everything goes. You see how God is placing him in all of these things as he's calling him to do things. Mm -hmm. But not only is he being raised this way and taught this way, but because his mother is raising him, she's also teaching him who he really is, Mm -hmm. that he is an Israelite. And this is who he is. And as she does this, he's raised on both sides. And you see the hand of God on his life. Now, Moses, he gets, as he becomes a young man, he's older. He understands the way the Egyptians work, but he understands his heritage. I am an Israelite. And he's out one time and he sees the Egyptian um, beating an Israelite Mm. slave. And he kicks into action. So there's this passion in him for his people, but his drive isn't done correctly and so he goes over he he kills the Egyptian he hides his body and then the next day he he again tries to talk to two Israelites who are fighting and they're like well who are you then you just kill somebody Mm. and he realized like oh my goodness this news has traveled right so Pharaoh now wants to go after him so he Please, and he runs away and he gets to a place in Midian and he marries a girl there and he becomes a shepherd to her father and then we pick up in Exodus 3 verse 1.
1: All right so read with me in Exodus 3. Meanwhile Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law Jeth- Jethro the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire within a bush. As Moses looked, he saw that the bush was on fire and but was not consumed. So Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. Why isn't the bush burning up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him out to the bush um, or called to him from the bush. Moses, Moses, here I am, he answered do not come closer, he said, remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground, then he continued, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and the Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God, and I love the next, um, it continues on, where Moses just says, I see your people, I see your heart, but I see my people, he says, and I, and I see how they're mistreated. And I am basically making you to be a spokesperson to get them out of Egypt. And then he yeah. kind of unloads how he's going to do that. Yeah. And then let's just jump um, into um, verse 10. Therefore, go, I am sending you to Pharaoh, so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses asked God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt?
0: So here is Moses um, standing on holy ground. Mm -hmm. God speaks to him and says, take your sandals off. And now he's watching a bush burn, but it's not burning. Right. And God is speaking to him from this bush, tells him how he's seen the Israelites, his heart's broken, he's going to do these things. And then Moses' first response in verse 11 says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Mm-hmm. Moses' first response is, who am I? I'm a nobody. I can't do this. And he's already tied up in his own self. And he felt like he he already kind of like disqualified himself, mm-hmm. right? Like how many times do we, we immediately go as... We talk as pastors or as a church, we try to encourage you to to go and do something. Like God is asking you to do something. So many of us, I think, on a regular basis will immediately disqualify ourselves. Yes. Well, I can't do that. They're yes. talking about somebody else. You know, they're pastors. They, they've gone to Bible college, mm-hmm. or, well, that's for this person. They're, mm-hmm. you know, we immediately disqualify. Ourselves,
1: Or I've done something like Moses. I've done something so bad right. that there's no way that God could use me.
0: Absolutely. Right. Like he, he looks back at his past. And he's like, well, I already tried this and I really butchered it. Right. And so how do I do this now? Like I, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And then you have to listen to God's response to Moses in verse 12. Mm-hmm. And he says this, but I will be with you. And this shall be the sh- uh This shall be the sign for you that I have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Mm-hmm. And so God is saying, I am going to be with you. This isn't, this isn't about you, right, right? I'm asking you to do this, but I, God, am going to be with you. So no matter how we look mm-hmm. at ourselves, mm-hmm. what God sees is what really matters, yes. right? Like yeah. I can look at myself and see all of the reasons I shouldn't do what I do. I sh- mm-hmm. can look at myself and think of all the reasons that I don't even think I can share uh, christ with my neighbors like mm-hmm. they've probably heard me outside get upset with my kids they've right. probably seen me get upset they've probably seen me do something that right. they would i go oh that disqualifies me mm-hmm. where they go oh god still loves them oh yeah. well, maybe god can love me yeah right like we show them this and so god's designed us all with a purpose he knows what's in us. Mm -hmm. And we need to look to God, not to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And this is why I love the verse Isaiah 41, 10. And this is where if you have a hard time going, well, I'm a nobody who like, how can God use me? Mm -hmm. This is your verse. It says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Mm -hmm. God is holding you and he's lifting you up. And he has you and he strengthened you.
1: And I think it even goes back to that thought when we were talking this past week about, you know, self-esteem. You know, he's like, I have a low self-esteem. I'm a nobody. Right. But we don't need to have a self-esteem. We need to have have a christ focused esteem. Yep. How does God see us? Yep. It doesn't matter how we see ourselves. How does God see us? Cuz he doesn't see the past or even better yet, he wants to use the past because he's got somebody that he wants us to minister to who maybe right. is struggling with the same things and what you've gone through and what you have been able to climb out of is actually your ticket to be able to have the authority. Right. It's like the key, the authority to be able to help somebody else. So God wants to use that. Yeah. So your past doesn't make you nobody. Your past actually enables you to be even mo- used in an even more profound way
0: absolutely it doesn't disqualify us it actually qualifies us we just don't understand it or see it yet
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so that was the first one i'm the, the first excuse is oh i can't be used i'm a nobody that's right but the second one is um i don't know your name you know so um moses um in exodus 3 13 to 14 why don't you read that with me then moses asked god if i go to the israelites and say to them the god of your fathers has sent me to you and they asked me, what's your name? What should I tell them? So he, he wasn't even sure, you know, what name he should be, use, be using. Right. So God replied to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Um, I thought it was really profound in just do some research on, on this passage that after the fall of man yeah. in Genesis, that mankind actually had no longer had direct um, access to God. So this story is profound because this is God actually going out of his way to meet with a very imperfect human being and get his attention. Like, um, can you imagine seeing a, a bush completely on fire? Like what have people gone to great lengths in your life to grab your attention right. like i don't know if anybody has gone to huge huge um lengths to grab my attention but i think that if if god you know you know it's snowy outside if if all of a sudden there was a burning bush and it wasn't burning up it'd be like okay god's serious yeah. and he's trying to meet with me right he's trying to communicate with me um i'm i just i love this passage because all through the bible god talks so much about the fact that or there's touch points throughout the Bible in him wanting to get your attention and to communicate with you if we're listening. Right. And then, um, before this, they would, um, have a four letter word for God, Yahweh. There was no vowels, but just, um, his name was Yahweh or Jehovah, but he reveals a new name for himself. The, I am, this means, um, um there's a hebrew verb of to be or to become it's just that fact that he has a self-existence yeah. he exists on his own he it's it's he always was he always is and he always will be right. um he's been faithful he's dependable he's constant he's always there he's everything that you need And so i'm not sure if our um technical stuff has has caught up but if you're listening um i want you to tell me what characteristics has god revealed to you about who he is i think i love the fact that we all have such a personal intimate relationship with god and god through our testimony through our past so the stuff that we've been through he reveals himself to us in different ways i know that for me for sure God has been faithful. Absolutely. He has, uh, the one word I love is sustainer. It's like, I'm not sure where I would be without my father, God, you know, giving me life, giving me strength every single day. And so what has, has God been for you? What in your testimony, what has he done?
0: see friendship friendship is such a great one and the provider yes through this time mm-hmm. such an incredible provider he's faithful and he's a healer mm-hmm. oh man father the god who sees me isn't that so important like yeah. think about moses in the desert and he's out looking after the sheep so probably happy with life but realizing i think i missed it i disqualified myself and here this burning bush happens and my lord sees me. Mm -hmm. So many great comments here. Oh my goodness. Yes. Continue to write them in. Uh, It's just showing us who the character of God is.
1: Yeah. I love the fact that when we lose sight of who God is, he is constantly, he's like, he's faithful. And so all he wants us to do is actually reach out to him and and it's okay to be honest and say, you know, remind me, like, who are you again, especially in this situation that I'm facing right now? Who are you? And God's waiting to reveal even a new aspect yeah. of who he is. But I feel like sometimes we're not listening. Right. And I love that. Um, Jeremiah 29, 13 says that we're going to, if we seek him, we're going to find yeah. him when you seek him with all of your heart. Right. So not a haphazard, you know, it God, just it really just wish I knew, although It is crazy to me that sometimes when we don't even actually pray, God has heard our heart or he's heard a comment we've made and he has answered it. Actually, we just with the coolest situation this week um, where Emma, um, we are just running out of technology and with homeschooling. It was just, there were more fights about who (laughs) is going to use my computer than anything. And I just thought we can't do this anymore. And so uh, we reached out to the school and they ended up giving us. And Emma was like, I can't use any computer unless it's um, number three. I need my computer. I don't know how to use the other ones. And I'm like, it's going to be tough to actually get the one that she wants. And so Chad had reached out and um, the principal said, yes, we have one left. Or we, you know, I think we have one left. Yep. He drops it off and it's number three. Yep. And my mouth just drops. And I know you're not supposed to be surprised by God, but he, it just, we didn't even pray about it. Well, it's God heard our prayers. Well, he
0: hears the heart of this little girl mm-hmm. who really just needs a computer. Mm-hmm. And we all understand that mm-hmm. they're all the same, yeah. but for her with everything going on, she's yeah. just like, I just need the number three. That's the one I always use. Mm-hmm. And he delivers the number three.
1: I just looked at her and I was just like, sweetie, if you ever need to know that God sees you and that he hears you, please remember this. It's so profound. I know that
0: people will say like, well, I don't know if God cares that much, but Mm -hmm. when you see little things like that, you begin to realize it. And like, I heard so many different stories and testimonies this week of just how God did things and prepared Mm -hmm. for people and like families that go through different little things. And I heard one story in this one family and just how, the night before God put things in place before they didn't even know something was going to happen the next day. Yeah. And just knowing like the shock of them was like, mm. God, you knew and you moved Yeah, before yeah. we even knew we needed you to move. And it's just God's so strengthening amazing. and power. But right?
1: he's just so faithful. Right. And he's our father. He's our Abba. He's Abba means daddy. He loves you passionately. And I just think sometimes we're operating out of fear yeah. like like we're afraid of what he's gonna say or if he's asked to do us to do something we're operating out of a fear because we're afraid um of the outcome but when you understand that he loves you yeah. so much that no matter even if it's hard because I think that he asks us to do hard things yeah. sometimes but even if it's hard that he's gonna support you I you know there was a situation in Bible college where God asked me to do something big that was way beyond me. And I was like, God, if you're going to, if you're going to ask me to do that, you better do this for me. And I remember that like clear as day of just saying, and just feeling God saying, if I ask you to do something, I will do it. I, you know, he needs my feet. He needs me to say, yes, he needs me to keep moving. But he, he said, I will not, bring you through yep. something that I'm not going to go ahead of you in. Right. right? Yeah. And I love that um, in the rest of this chapter, so ch- um, verses 18 to 22, um, God actually unpacks what Moses is supposed to do, how he's supposed to say it. And he even tells him the outcome. Yep. I don't believe that God always tells us the outcome, but I actually feel like God would communicate with us more what we're listening for
0: yes that's so important
1: i believe that again sometimes we're operating out of fear so we don't want to hear but if we trusted him and we listened that he would he wants to tell us details about how to do it and he's going to walk us through it um so we just need to trust him more
0: absolutely i think i it's so important And what you just said was so profound that that you believe, or we believe that God often wants to communicate with us more than we're actually willing to sit and listen to. Mm -hmm. That is so important for people to know. And I think just uh, the, you were saying it earlier, and you said it this way earlier this week, you said, oftentimes we're operating out of fear rather than searching for intimacy with God. And if we have that intimacy, the fear will go away because we understand his love and his strength for us. Right. And like, so Moses goes on from, um, you know, I'm a nobody to who are you, God? Like, tell me who you are. And then immediately, how many of us have the same fear as Moses and Moses responses? The elders won't believe me.
1: Right. Just another excuse. Another yeah, but they excuse. won't believe me.
0: They won't believe me. This fear of men. What are men going to think? What are people going to think of right. me? I don't think I can do this because their thoughts of me. Right. And God, Moses answered him and says this in chapter four, verse one, what if they do not believe me or listen to me, Mm -hmm. listen to me. And and what if they do not believe or listen to me Mm -hmm. and say, the Lord did not appear to you. Mm -hmm. Like that's big. When you think about I'm basing what I'm going to do on what God has revealed to me. And the thought pattern is literally like, I'm going to paraphrase here what if they think I'm nuts? What if they think God didn't do this? What if they tell me there's no way God would say that there's no way God, why would God show up in a burning bush? Right. What point is there of that? Right. You know, like why, why does God show up in a service with a a cloud or why do people Mm -hmm. see gold dust? Like if he's going to do gold dust, why doesn't he just look after the poor?
1: Right.
0: Well, maybe he's showing up with gold dust in a cloud to make himself real to us, so we look after the poor, like he asked us to, Mm. right, like there's so many different things, and they won't believe me, it actually means I don't believe, Mm. when I have doubt that somebody else is going to believe me or not, I actually doubt whether I believe,
1: Mm.
0: right, like I, okay, this is what God has told me to do, but what if they don't believe me, I really have to go, okay, do I believe,
1: because if I believe, then it doesn't matter whether somebody else believes or not. Right. Yeah. I care more about myself than I, and, and others than God.
0: Right. Like I have this full confidence that God spoke to me. And sometimes that full confidence is only 75%. Right. 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 Like, I don't know if I've ever really done anything with like, I'm a hundred percent confident. Mm-hmm. Like Moses was worried about his, his credentials, his like, Hey, do I have enough standing with these people? Mm-hmm. And how will they know that you sent me? This is what he's saying. He's like, how will they know? And that's interesting. Like if they don't believe you, God, he, God responds. And I'm so shocked at how God responds because God <laughs> says to him, if, if they don't believe you, here's what I want you to do. You have a staff in your hand right now. Throw it down. So he throws his staff down. It turns into a snake. And then he says, tells Moses, grab it by the tail. First off, no matter what sign God wants to show me, never turn anything into a snake because I'm not touching it
1: again (laughs) he knows you and so
0: (laughs) Moses reached down grabbed his tail and it turns right back into a staff and then he tells him hey slide your hand into your coat and pull it back out and his hand is a leper slide it back in your coat pull it back out and it's now cleansed I know that we're talking about Moses and we're talking about spiritual things and, and these are very serious moments But this is something that now Moses can do whenever he feels like it. These are the coolest tricks in the world. Could you imagine, like, you're just hanging out with people getting together and be like, hey, check this out. Oh, oh." like, I just think of the stuff that Moses was able to do. And I'm like, that is so cool. Like, can you imagine? Hey, my kids don't believe that God speaks to me. Hey guys, see my hockey stick? Boom. Oh, it's a snake. Oh, look, it's a hockey stick. Like, I'm just so amazed at what he does. And then he tells Moses also the third one, And I think we all remember the staff and we remember the hand, but he tells Moses, if they don't believe you take water out of the Nile and pour it on the ground. And when it hits the ground, it will turn to blood. Mm -hmm. So Moses is given three signs Mm -hmm. and Moses experiences the power of God right there in the moment. And the amazing thing is from there on, God has equipped him to do everything that he needs to do. Wow! And what we need to understand is when we have an encounter with God, when he encourages and tells us to do something, he will equip us to do yeah. everything that he needs us to do. Right? What we need to do is to look to God, not to ourselves right. and not to others. Right. We have to realize like people in the Bible, as we read these, like, wow, these are heroes in the Bible. They only became heroes. Mm-hmm. They weren't heroes when they started. Right. And like, I think of Noah, it's Noah so builds an ark in a place where they never experienced rain. Yeah. And he was ridiculed for hundred years right. as he was built, building this. Mm-hmm. We don't like being insulted for a day. Right. Yeah. Thinking we're crazy for a day. Mo- yeah. Noah was a hundred years. Mm-hmm. So who is God? Who is the God that you serve? Who is the God that I serve? Do I need a sign yeah, from God that's a good point. or do I just need to obey See, here's my question. What if the only sign that you have, what if the only sign that you're given is that he asked you, that he spoke to you, the God of the universe speaking to me Mm -hmm. should be enough of a sign for me that God is telling me to do something.
1: But I think sometimes people have doubts in their minds or of, of, wondering if it's God or not absolutely and so that's what like that intimacy and that journaling that we keep you know like hitting you know we keep talking about it because it's so important journaling spending time asking God listening responding but journaling journaling writing down what God's saying um asking him more questions that kind of intimate you know not just I'm checking off like I just kind of call it like that checking off the list like I did my devotions but like intimate interaction with god that builds your trust that you are able to hear from god and that you know because even in the journaling um asking questions and then um writing down the next day when god answers them or or you know maybe two years later when god answers them that yes i heard from god it builds up our own you know confirmation that we know how to hear from God yes um but it is hard to hear from God sometimes we don't when we don't see a sign I mean I personally talked about different times when God has given me a sign but I think those are the times when I've doubted the most and I've had the least amount of faith right God shows up with a sign but what we're trying to build in you is that the purest and the best form of of being able to hear from God is when he's just speaks and you're like, yes, Lord, I I hear you. That's what we're trying to move towards. Um, but it's hard when you have a hard time trusting God. So my question to you that I want some interaction with is in what areas do you have a hard time? Or maybe if you don't want to make it personal, what, what situations do people have a hard time trusting God in? And as you're just responding, I know for me, one is just with my kids. Yeah you know, um, I can't go with them um, wherever they go Um, to the park. Some, you know, it's across the street, but um, to school, I can't be in their classrooms with them or wherever they are. I'm not always with them. And sometimes I just have a hard time trusting God with the future and everything. So what are some things? Yeah. Money. It's definitely a big one.
0: I think too, when uh, as people are commenting, I just want to go back where, when we're talking about this confidence in hearing God's voice and doing it and obeying and, and as some, like, I really, As we talk, like some people have a hard time, like, is that God speaking or not? There are most I there are times where like, okay, I know what God has asked me, but even in those moments, I know what God is asking me. I think if every leader, if everybody is truly honest, we are only like 75% sure. And the rest is faith. The rest is faith. The rest is walking it out, going, I this is what I believe God's asked me to do. And so I have to walk in faith. I don't think there's that often where God, as you know. Here's every answer to your questions. Go for it.
1: And sometimes it's I take a step of faith first. And God, if, you, if this isn't the direction, yeah. you slam that door or you keep me up and may there be no peace in my life. Because yeah. a good indication as to whether it's God's will and he's speaking to us is if we have a peace. Yeah. Right.
0: I love some of these answers. Right. Like we struggle with what the next season is. Where can I see? I can't see the reasons or the big picture. That's a big one for all of us. Mm-hmm. What's his plan for my life? Learning to wait patiently. Ooh, Patiently is a hard one. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, relationships yes. and decisions in life. Mm-hmm. Um, sickness. Yeah, it's really hard to trust God when we walk through sickness. Like, God, what yeah. are you doing? How are you working through this? Yeah. Looking for healing. Um, kids, yes. Big time. I think for parents, especially like kids, finances, it's such a a big one Mm -hmm. i know for me i i connect um where i struggle with god i I know i'm honest with you people like i'm honest with everybody that i I struggle with finances um i connect really well with moses's next excuse and this is where i do do have a hard time Mm -hmm. sometimes trusting him moses next (laughs) excuse in exodus 4 uh verse 10 he he talks about him not being a good a fluent speaker he Mm -hmm. says this in exodus 10 but moses said to the lord Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither in the past or since we have spoken, since you have spoken to your servants. So even in this conversation, Lord, it hasn't been good. Mm-hmm. But I am slow to speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, who has made men's mouth? Mm-hmm. And then he jumps to verse 12, and he says this, now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. Mm-hmm. So here Moses um, he's given all of these miracles right in this moment, Mm -hmm. the bush is burning. I, he, God reveals himself. I am who I am. And he gives him all these signs and wonders. And then Moses still is looking at himself Mm -hmm. and he still finds this fault of Lord. I, the scriptures believe he has a hesitation in his speech Mm -hmm. that he's not a fluent communicator and he struggles with his speaking. And then God says to him and Moses already forgets it, that i am right and it's all that we need yeah and how foolish is it for us to say that when god the creator of the world points to me and says i want to use you and this for me mm-hmm. to say i'm not
1: yeah like yeah. it's
0: so challenging it all
1: goes back to who is god right i'm reminded of a scripture verse that um man it just floored me and, and i'm just taking a trinket of it because the rest goes on to to other stuff. But it just says, it's Isaiah 45, verse nine to 10. He says, woe to you who argues with his maker, yeah. one clay pot among many. Does clay say to the one forming it, what are you making? <laughs> or does your work say he has no hands? Yeah. Woe to the one who says to his father, what are you fathering? Or to his mother, what are you giving birth to? So basically saying, how can we say to father God, what did you make? Yeah. You made, Oh, this is not good. Cause I think the thing that convicted me so much when I saw this scripture verse was we're basically looking at God saying you made crap. Sorry. I shouldn't say that word while I'm preaching, but, but you think, yeah, you, you, you made awful stuff. Like, can you imagine saying that to God? That the works of your hands are terrible. You did you did a really bad job, God, yeah. on that one. Like you made a really big mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. Right. Ever. And there are things in our past um, that have created wounds and that God will work through and bring healing. But we, and you know what? If I could give a little testimony for tonight, like we're doing something called beautifully flawed yeah. for the women because. Like we might have picked up flaws along the way, or God might even created, you know, you know, He created us and and we're humans, which means we're sinful and we have flaws, but they're beautiful, and God yeah. wants to use every single one of them, right?
0: I think we have to realize that I, I heard this said one time that we think God can't use our junk,
1: right?
0: And then somebody said it this way: Luckily for us, God is in the recycling business. It's awesome. And when we see so much. Uh, Uh, do it yourself stuff and taking old chairs and turning them into beautiful new chairs and stuff like that. This is what God does with us. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, like this one, this one really hits home for me because I remember when God uh, called me into ministry Mm -hmm. and I think shared this before, but I even verified with my mom last night, because I was like, I want these details, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I struggled speaking and so I didn't really say my first word until I was probably in my twos, a little bit late into my twos. Mom couldn't remember if it was two or three in there, but it was far mm-hmm. enough that people were concerned. The doctors were concerned. They were checking to see if I was tongue-tied. Mm-hmm. They were trying to figure out what was going on. Um, my mom likes to remind me that my very first word was "bug," <laughs> And she likes to say, or my brother does, that all I've ever done since is bug people. And so they also would like to joke that I didn't speak for a long time. And so after I started speaking, I tried to make up for it. Um, But not only did I I start speaking later, but I remember in public school, and my mom said it too, like I I had to go and take a special class. They took me out of class and, and worked with me on my speech because I couldn't pronounce certain letters. And so I had to help get help with my speech and my communication. And then I had no problem, um, being a class clown. Mm-hmm. I had no problem acting silly in front of people, but to stand up in front of a group of people and speak, mm-hmm. I couldn't give class speeches. I, I was horrible at it. Um, it was not fun for me. And my mm-hmm. teachers really knew that I, str- I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And so when God called me to, um, um, ministry where I knew I had to speak in front of people this was me this was me going you can't like how am I supposed to stand in front of people I can't even stand in front of like three people I get nervous and I can't talk and I can't speak and and God has worked through me and as I read these scriptures and as I see what Moses is going through like if God can turn a rod into a serpent and back into a rod Mm -hmm. and if he can cause a hand to be leopard and then healed again Mm -hmm. if he can take water and turn it into blood how much more can he do through me and I believe that we all need to remember that the God that made us mm-hmm. is able to use the gifts and the abilities that he's given us right. to accomplish the tasks that he's asked us to do. And there's gift and abilities in us right. that we don't even know are there because on our own, we struggle. But when the Holy Spirit comes in and empowers those gifts... He, he strengthens them. And for me, as he empowers me, he frees up my tongue and I'm able to speak and I'm able to communicate because it's not me. It's actually the Holy spirit empowering me to do it. Um, And that's where I know that it comes from. Mm
1: -hmm. That's so good. Well, let's wrap this up. So the fifth one is um, just simply somebody else can do it better. So send somebody else, right? Exodus four, verse 13 says, that he said, Oh my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well before behold, he is coming out to meet you already. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and his mouth um and with his mouth and, and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people, and he shall be your mouth, and you shall be as God to him. And take your staff or and take in your hand the staff with which you um shall do the signs. Um I don't like the fact that um it was God's anger actually that burned towards Moses that actually got moses to allow aaron to be the spokesperson right. um and i think of the fact that not everything that we want is good for us but god in his mercy will often give us what we're asking for but or it's his frustration or it's frustration but it's not always what's good best right. for us i think about later on in the bible you think about the people wanting you know wanting a king right. and god gives him saul and it doesn't go for very well right But I think about um, this passage, and I think about the fact that um, verse 14 actually talks about the fact that Aaron was a Levite, and Moses was supposed to be the prophet, he was supposed to be the spokesperson, what ended up happening was Moses ended up in his like, gosh, I just don't want to do this, send somebody else, God had to take somebody, you know, temporarily out of their calling, right? to step into somebody else's calling and to perform, you know, what they were destined to do. Um, and I think of us and sometimes when we say, God, I just don't want to do this, send somebody else, yeah. somebody else. We all have individual callings. And what if God has asked you some, to do something, no matter how hard it is or no matter how terrifying it is or how matter how much we don't want to do this. Um, he that's, that's our calling that's our job but when we say no we're actually taking somebody away from the calling that god has put on their lives to you know temporarily you know fit into fill in the gap for us for our lack of obedience
0: i i reminded of this of a story every time we talk about like um the body of christ everybody has their role everybody has their part and when we see moses here where moses immediately is like i can't do this and so Aaron, a Levite, who's supposed to be a priest, steps into this role. And I'm reminded of a story that a a friend of mine told me that he was pastoring. He went to this church and he's got to this church. He was brand new at the church. And people just started talking to him about um, this. There were sound issues, which I'm guessing, I guess most churches have sound issues or somebody doesn't like it, but he looks into it and here's what he finds out. He goes back to the sound person and they have one sound person. It's the only one who's willing to do sound. And he asked them, like, hey, how do you mix sound? And the sound guy says, well, I put these headphones on and I turn all of the different volumes up and I just follow the lights. And when all the lights hit the same measurement, then I leave it. Well, that doesn't work. If you've ever done sound, measuring it by the lights doesn't work because every sound is different coming through the room. So he realizes immediately, like, why is he mixing this way? So he asked him, why do you mix with head mm-hmm. And the guy says, well, I'm legally deaf. Wow. And he's shocked. He's like, you're legally deaf and you're doing sound. Yes. Why are you doing sound? Well, no one else would do it. Mm-hmm. So this guy has such a servant's heart that he's like, if no one else will do it, I'll do it. Right. But he literally knows he's not equipped to do it. Wow. And so immediately the pastor goes, do you like doing sound? No where would you like to serve? Mm. I would love to serve in the kids ministry program. I would love to teach young kids about Jesus. And the pastor just goes, I'm going to free you up. You go serve in the kids ministry Mm. and I will find somebody else to do sound who's called to do sound. And he said, the guy started to cry. He was so thankful that he could go and do what his heart desire was. And so we have to realize that when God calls us to do certain things, Mm -hmm. he will equip us. And when he moves us to certain places, Mm -hmm. he will equip us and give us the things that we need to work on.
1: Absolutely. Um, We can learn so many messages or like... So many lessons along with Moses yeah. about all of this. That God, like when we keep our focus on God and not ourselves, he equips us to do whatever he's called us to do. Um, in this season, um, we're kind of doing a little bit of a sermon series yeah. of what is God doing? And it's the same answer. He's removing the four walls of the church. Yeah, He's asking us to be the church. He's wanting you to be the church. And so, you know, we had this on our heart this week because so many people feel so unworthy yeah. to be used by God or, um, you know, it's look at my my past or I can't I can't do this. What you're asking me to do is terrifying me or I just don't even know where to begin. Yeah. Right. But I believe that God made you fearfully and wonderfully made. He's um, giving you specifically something that you have giftings for maybe it's not even seeming profound um maybe it's great at crafts maybe it's a great baker maybe it's it's whatever or maybe god is stepping you to a higher um, platform and saying okay you've been so faithful with this i've got something more for you and it's terrifying you but whatever he calls us to do He's going to bring us through right. and it's not even about you because I love the script. There's so there's a few scripture verses that talk about the fact that in our weakness, God's strength is made perfect, which means that he gets glorified even more. Absolutely. If we can actually do everything that he's calling us to do in our own strength, we actually get the credit for it. Right. And what do I need him for? Yeah. And we, and there's something profound about it being terrifyingly hard yeah. or Just stepping out of our comfort zone that when you feel God come upon you and when you feel like, you know, I'm going to step out in faith, this is terrifying. And then you step back after and you're like, God just did that. It just lifts your faith even more to know that God, goodness, if he can use a donkey, he can (laughs) use me, right? Right. And so we want to encourage you this morning that in the thoughts, you know, we had you pray at the end of the sermon last week with your family and just say, um, ask God, you know, how he can get you guys to be um, the church and, you know, to reach out to, because the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. And so we ask you to pray about how you can reach your neighbors, work, um, you know, work coworkers or family members or whoever it is that God puts on your heart. Um, And we ask you to pray about that. So wondering, just a touch point, did you take a small step this week? And then second, um, just, you know, what has God, you know, what makes your heart leap? If God makes your heart leap, if something makes your heart leap, it's a passion of yours, which means God can use that. And God can use that to serve others with.
0: Absolutely. And I think when God is asking us to do something, the quicker we do it, the less chance that doubt will creep in. The longer I wait, doubt comes in. And so, uh, and it's going to plant a seed. And I want to take a couple of minutes for us to share with each other and to kind of write out what God is encouraging us. But I actually see something in the comments that I just want to actually talk to for a minute. And Matt, I see that you've written in the comments, how can you being a baker or a craftsman actually serve God? I think, and this isn't just for Matt, this is for everybody. Mm -hmm. I think we have to realize that God calls us to so many different areas. Last week we shared, hey, God is asking you to do something for your neighbor, go and do it. And we got a lot of responses back of what God was doing and what you, mm-hmm. you believe God's asking you to do. Yeah. And here is one of the amazing things. Somebody, when we, were to- when we encouraged them like, hey, go bless your neighbor somehow, they immediately knew and they said to us, I knew right away really the, not the only thing, but one of the things I could do was bake. And what we don't realize is yeah, there's so many different uh, volunteer places to make meals for people that That's don't so have meals, that yeah. they actually need people that know how to cook yeah. and know how to build things. And so God can call us to so many different areas mm-hmm. that ministry is far beyond what I do. Yeah. It's far beyond what you do. Yeah. It is the hands and feet of God, no matter where we go, yeah. and we need people in uh, construction sites. We need people mm-hmm. in kitchens. We need people um, in every area of mm-hmm. office spaces yeah. that share the love of Jesus Christ. And yeah. so, no matter what He's called you to, mm-hmm. He's placing you. I truly believe that not only is He placed you in your jobs, but He places you. Um, in your homes, where you live yeah. is exactly where he needs yeah. a witness for him to share with other yeah. people.
1: It's a great way to get to know your neighbors, to see that they have a hard time with something. Hey, can I help you by helping you build your fence? Or right. I noticed that you're you're building this. Do you, you know, I actually just built one. Would you like some help? Yeah. Or, you know, somebody this week, you know, who you were talking about, who was just like, I know how to bake they went to some of their friends and, yeah. and they just said, you know what? And their friends were so blessed because it was, you don't know what your friends are going through, or right. you don't know what somebody in the church is going through. Um, you know what, even this week, um, we put a meal train on Facebook because yeah. there's somebody in the church going through chemotherapy and, and some people in the church are like, you know, I'd love to be used by God, but I don't know what to do. You know, I, you know, I'm not doing much. I'm just making a meal for somebody that's huge it ministers to them in a big time of need everything that you do is huge
0: and we don't know what people are going through on a daily basis I just want to let you know that this week we we personally had a couple little treat baskets dropped off with desserts and snacks Mm -hmm. and um thank you you, but with the pandemic I'm struggling but (laughs) I, I want to share this and I don't even know if I told you this one of those times I was just kind of sitting here and I felt you know We all go through our ups and downs. And so we're like, God, do you still love me? Do you still, like, are you still there? Like, I haven't even heard from anybody. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, there's a knock on the door. And all of a sudden, there's a treat. And you know what? As much as it's not about receiving gifts, Mm -hmm. there was something special for me that just made me go, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, God, it wasn't a square that I needed. It Mm -hmm. was God just going, I see you. And that's why for everybody here, it is so important to do the little things because we don't know what God is doing through them. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to take two minutes and at your home, share with each other something that you know, God is asking you to do Mm -hmm. big or small share with each other, what he's asking you to do. If you're at home by yourself, I want you just to journal what God is asking you to do and write it out and take two minutes and decide to do it today. So we're going to give you two minutes and just amongst yourselves, share and talk with each other. And so I hope that um, you're just able to encourage each other as you're talking about what God is asking you to do. And so we're going to close in prayer and I don't want, I want to encourage each other to continue doing things weekly, but even like, don't hesitate, just go and do it. So let's close in prayer. Father, Father, just thank you for how you speak to us i thank you for the people in the comments that are sharing how you've spoken to them and even the ones that are like the confessing like hey here's where i struggle and so lord i pray that you strengthen us this week that lord little little steps of faith it's a card dropped in somebody's mailbox it's it's something dropped on their step lord it's It's doing different things for loved ones and neighbors, Lord, not even knowing what you have are doing in their lives. Mm -hmm. Father, I think of the kids that are at home with online schooling and the parents that are walking them through it. And Lord, I think of the teachers who are at home, who are teaching online while Mm -hmm. trying to help their kids do school online. And Lord, I just think for everybody in this time right now that you will strengthen them. You'll bring peace to their homes, but Lord, help us to know Mm -hmm. that you are speaking to us And that when you speak to us, you will Mm -hmm. strengthen us and you will give us the energy and the words and everything that we need to do what you've called us to do. Mm -hmm. And so, Lord, help us to do it today, not tomorrow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So don't forget to sign up for Emotionally Healthy Spirituality Small Group. Go online right now and sign up for that. Yeah. And ladies, sign up and join Melissa tonight for Beautifully Flawed at 7 p.m. 7 and you need to sign up online to get the password and the link. Mm-hmm. So later today when you need it, that's what you have to do. You have to yeah. sign up. You'll get an email. So you know where it is.
1: Yeah, And if you have um, a need that you want prayed for, even right now, it can connect to the message or not connect at all. We have an altar ministry that we want to invite you to. So you need to go to the webpage and just click. There's no password needed for this one because we want to make sure that it's available. Available to anybody but we have a prayer team waiting for you right. and we went long today so they've actually been waiting for a really long time so please it doesn't need to be a big thing maybe you just need to see somebody's face because you've been alone for a long time in quarantine um we really 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 want to connect with you so please um call in on zoom and we'd love to pray for you this morning
0: and so now this week everybody remember no excuses god asks We obey. God bless you and have an incredible week. Thanks for checking out this week's message. Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.